You know, today is the day I've had marked on my calendar for a while because it's the day that I wanted to open the pulpit up to someone at Hope that is not a stranger but yet is not normally functioning in this role. Over 14 years ago, when we began Hope Church, I met a young couple. Uh, they were in another church. I wasn't hunting in another church. I was speaking there, and I met this couple that were working with kids and youth, and uh, he had what I could best consider was a frohawk, and uh, she was looking kind of young there, and did I know that later they would be the founding members of Hope Church, and uh, over these last 14 years, Justin and Mel Leedy have, have become what the Bible talks about, what I want to hear someday, and I hope for you to as well, from our Lord and Savior, when he says, well done, good and faithful servant. Uh, when I think of those words, faithful and servant, Justin Leedy hits both those marks, and you know, over this last year, some changes have been happening in his life. And uh, in fact, he is going to be stepping in as our youth pastor starting in December as we're making changes in our, in our ministry team. But more importantly than that, really over a lifetime calling, something is culminating this year. And that is that after Bible college and trying to find his way through ministry this year, he will be credentialed with the Assemblies of God as a licensed minister to preach the gospel. And... Uh, if you're going to preach the gospel, then you might as well preach the gospel. So today, I want you to put your hands together. Welcome Justin Lee to the pulpit of Hope Church. And listen today as he has a word for us this Sunday. I just made the first mistake. I didn't turn the microphone on. Thank you. That was, uh, wow, you made it sound like you liked me there. Good morning, Hope. How are you? Yeah, it's exciting. What an honor to be in front of you guys this morning. I am super excited. As Pastor, Pastor Mike mentioned, um, Mel and me, we've, we've, been, we've been at Hope from really from day one and, and founding members and all that kind of stuff. I was kind of looking through. We, we've also we've had, oh, had, had a lot of positions here, right? Let me, let me go through some of these here. Let's see. We've both been the kids' pastor, outreach pastor, community pastor, tech guy, creative team, Hope Street Director, Event Team, Elders, and in January, my favorite, two-time youth pastors. We are very, very, very excited for that. And you know, sometimes I forget, there's so many of y'all that are really new in a way that you don't actually know some of my story. I get to hear y'all stories all the time, and I love it. It's my most favorite thing. But a lot of y'all don't know or have heard my story. So I want to, I want to start with just a real quick recap of my story. So I was born and raised in a little town in West Virginia called Milton. Milton, West Virginia. Middle of nowhere. We got our second stoplight the same time we got our McDonald's. Okay? Yeah? That was about my sophomore year in high school, give or take. And it was actually that summer at a youth camp. You'll see a theme here. Uh, that summer at youth camp that God called me into ministry. And I knew, I knew youth is exactly where I wanted to be. Uh, I grew up at the same church. My parents still attend there. So everybody in that church saw me go from that annoying little kid to like the terrorizing teen who had all these ideas about changing the world, right? I graduate high school. I take off what, 800 miles down to Florida. I go to Southeastern Bible College. Fun stuff, right? Because I graduated 460 people in my high school class. I know it's West Virginia. How is that possible? Long story. 460 people graduated. Four of us left the state, okay? Four of us. Think about that for a second. So I get down to college. It did take me, I was in college for 25 years, kind of, sort of. We'll come back to that. After about five years of school, I left. I, I, I went up to Orlando to a church. 
a, a huge 5,000-seat auditorium church. I was working in a TV production there, working with the youth, and we'd run two, 300 youth. You know, it was crazy. I love being a youth leader and stuff. Matter of fact, Casey, Casey was one of my students. Uh, her parents, if we're going to talk about crazy, her parents were crazy. Her parents opened their house to about 60 of us, teen, well, I wasn't a teenager, but 60 teenagers to come. We, that's where my community group was, was at Casey's house. About, imagine having 60 kids in your house running crazy. No, thank you. <laughs> but I knew, even through all that, even through all the youth league, we were doing, we were doing amazing things. God was moving, but I really always felt that God had more in ministry for me, and I needed to step out into that. So around 2004, I decided to move up here to the lovely Charlotte, North Carolina. And this is where my heart would be filled with a lifetime of joy and love as I was close to NASCAR. <laughs> Come on, that's a setup. Y'all had to see that one coming. No, I met my lovely wife, Mel. We were married in June of 2006, and it was great. We were, as, as Pastor Mike mentioned, we were actually youth pastoring uh, at another church, and we were starting to go through a pastoral change. And isn't it and amazing how God works? Literally, in the midst of this, I get a phone call from one of my college roommates. He says, hey, you're not going to believe this, but I'm going to move to Charlotte and play in a church with these two other pastors. It was hope. And so uh, through that, we ended up, uh, I remember, if, by the way, side note on Pastor Mike, you ever want to get to his heart, House of Ling, it's his place. Take him to House of Ling. We went to House of Ling a couple times, and we just knew that, that hope is, uh, was what God had for us. And uh, from here, I mean, obviously, y'all know some of this stuff. We have three kids. I'm going to steal a line from Pastor Frank from last week. I love them all. I'm working on liking them. You understand that, right? And, uh, and yeah, we've just been serving here for the last 14 years, doing anything and everything. We love it. It's our home. It's where God has called us to, and I'm so excited for what God's got for us in the future. I hope you guys are too, are you? Good, good, good. I'll take it. Uh, yeah, Pastor Frank, I will say this. You have something amazing here. I hope to be like you in one way. Well, many ways, but this one way. Just one, just one. If, if you can have someone as amazing as Frank Cantador as your backup on a moment's call, holy cow, that's amazing. Did y'all enjoy Frank last week? Man, I, I did. I, we're, I, I, we were driving back. We were in youth convention last week. We were driving back, and like, I'm like trying to like drive on the interstate and still watch the live stream. It was, it was piping through the speakers. How about that? All right, y'all ready to go? All right, so my sermon title today is called Let's Go. Let's Go. If you know me, I say this quite often, actually. So Pastor Mike actually brought this up a few weeks ago and uh, said, hey, we really need to start moving into this with you getting your credentials and stuff like that. Let me clear something up. Yes, it took me 25 years to finish school. I'm a little bit slow on, the, on this, this thing, but uh, trying to pick up the pace a little bit with the credentials and do them a little bit quicker than taking 25 years. Um, but he said this would, be, this would be a great spot. You know, they've been traveling this week, so it helps them with a vacation. Our Christmas stuff hasn't yet started. We're just past Thanksgiving. He said, and I, he actually said the phrase, I, I don't want to quote him exactly, but I believe it was, it was right perfectly in the middle. Right perfectly in the middle. Now, here's the thing. If you know me and you know how odd and weird I am, middle sticks out to me, right? Because I am. I'm weird and odd. It's okay, y'all can laugh. It's very true. Uh, and it kind of took me back. If you know anything about me, you know that one of my traits is I'm an anti-trend person. 
Anybody know this? Anybody wanting to say? Yeah, exactly. I hate the trend. I hate the thing. But there's a problem with this. Does anybody see what the problem in being anti-trend is? Huh? Well, you have to know the trend. You have, to, you have to know what the trends are so that you can be against them, right? So during COVID, I did what every other bored teenager did, and I downloaded TikTok. Yeah. I, and I will say, TikTok gets a lot of bad rap. But you have to understand, it's fantastic for someone like me. Someone of my mental capacity, case in point, my, my mom, my mom's name is Bib, lovely Bib. She would always sit down with me and she'd say, Justin, you're so special. You're so wonderful. God made you in HD. Problem is, I couldn't figure out the one HD she was talking about, let alone the other 80 that she kept bringing up. ADHD, I don't know what she's doing. You'll get there. See, that's a TikTok joke. TikTok has all the trends, and I love it. And, and, and what it does, this is where TikTok's a little bit different, in case you're wondering. You know, YouTube, you go and you create something, right? You make a video, boom, it's out there. TikTok is really thousands of people recreating your video. They're doing the dance that you did. They're doing the sound bite that you did. They're decorating the same way, whatever it is. And so it, it's, it's just this endless scrolling, right? And for someone with ADHD, man, this is, this is fantastic. And I love it. And, and one of the trends that popped up a few months ago and maybe, maybe some of my, my people over here will understand, was this, this concept, this word mid, okay? Mid. Anybody, anybody have a clue what mid kind of means? Just kind of regular. Boring. Bland. Right? It was actually started in the, in the Midwest. The people who were doing it were talking about how mid the Midwest is because they're not, you know, they're not as exciting as L.A. or New York. They're just blah. Right? I'm, I'm trying not to be offensive here. Mid is beige. It's the Toyota Camry, right? It's a beige Toyota Camry, if you will, huh? Yeah? This, one, this one's going to get me in trouble. How many of y'all been to K&W Cafeteria? This is legitimately one of Mel's most favorite places. But you do realize that K&W is bland, right? It is mush. And I'll be honest with you, Pastor Mike, I almost got a little offended for a moment because I thought, he's giving me the mid-service. And instantly God was like, nope, no, sir. He said, you're not mid, hope is not mid, and too many people have been going through mid-lives, and I'm done with it. So today, let's go. I heard a sermon on this pastures that I want to share about, and it really kind of inspired me, and I really had started diving back into it because it's a passage that I'd read a couple times, didn't think anything about it, the miracle of it and stuff. And as it kind of started to sink in, I thought, man, this is, this is good. And I, it, God just kept saying, this is it. This is it. So if you would, go ahead and, and, and open 2 Kings for me. Going a little old school here. 2 Kings chapter 6. We're going to start in verse 1. It says, so now the sons of the prophets said to Elisha, see the place where we dwell under your charge is too small for us. Let us go to the Jordan and each of us get there a log and let us make a place for us to dwell there. And he answered, go then. And one of them said, be pleased to go with your servants. And he answered, I will go. So he went with them 
And when they came to the Jordan, they cut down the trees. But as one was felling a log, his axe fell into the water, and he cried out, Alas, my master, it was borrowed. Then the man of God said, Where did it fall? When he showed him the place, he cut off a stick, threw it in there, and made the iron float. He said, Take it up. So he reached out his hand and took it. What a weird story. I love it. I love it, but I felt like God was speaking to me because while some of y'all may not know my dreams or know where I'm from, I get to talk with a lot of y'all, and I've heard your dreams. Man, I look around the room, and I see so many, like, retirement plans, family ideas, business ideas, things you want to do in our community. That gets me excited, but, but basically what was going on is this is a group of people that are going through this training, and they have... It's a school of ministry, right? Does everybody get that? It's, it's, it's kind of a little bit deeper than maybe like a Christian school. To all my old AG people, this is like a master's commission. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That one's bringing up some good ones. And Elisha's been like pouring into these guys real strong, real heavy. And they come to him and they say, hey, Elisha, here's the problem. Wednesday night service is packed. Second service is packed. Kids is overflowing, youth is overflowing. We're, we're, out, we're overgrown. We're completely and totally overgrown. We need to do a building project. Pastor Mike's over here twitching, just the word building project. <laughs> and Elisha, this, I love this. I love the simplicity of this. They say, hey, we need to do a building project. And he's like, okay, go for it. So, if you're taking notes, if you're going to be crazy enough to take notes from me, my first point, and this is super in-depth, super theological, super serious right here, dream big. Dream big. Oh, I love this. I love dreaming. Look, here's the deal. Even, even at our last worship night, as one of the things that Pastor Mike was kind of challenging us on, like, dream, dream big. Because here's the thing. We tend to dream about what we think we can, get, what we can do. The problem is, if it's not big enough, then when we actually accomplish it, we don't give any credit to God. Look, we did it. We did it. We made it. I want to challenge you tonight. Take that dream. Double it. Double the investment. Double down on whatever it is. Giggles up here. I know what y'all are thinking. They, they, have, they have taken on a challenge themselves to double something. But dream big. Go after it. What if we grab this idea that God's ways aren't our ways? Look, God's made us to be overcomers. I think for so long, too many people have been told that they can't do it. I think too many of y'all have probably heard, you're not good enough. You're not qualified. You're no good. You can't do this. You know what? God's like, baloney. I made you to do this. And to prove it, I'm going to give you something so big that you can't do it. It's only through him, guys. I used to, again, going back to my mom here, the lovely bib lady. She used to, uh, maybe some of y'all remember this, this poster. Uh, there was this poster. I think that's going to throw it up here for me. It's uh, this little kid. It says, I know I'm somebody because God don't make no junk. Anybody remember this? Just me? Okay, thank you, Larry. I actually had the t-shirt, right? 
I like to dream big. And I think that some of y'all need to understand, God don't make no junk. You can do your dreams. You can do what God's calling you to. You can step out into what he has for you. Because he's, he's preparing the way, and he's the one that's going to do it. Now, I struggle. Here's where I struggle with this, because I'm a daydreamer, right? Like, I'm, we're talking like Hall of Fame, pro level. I was all state my senior year. I am a daydreamer. And a few weeks ago, a few months ago, something happened. I want to see where y'all are with this. All the stars aligned for my daydreamingness. Anybody know? Anybody want to take a guess at what it may have been? Y'all are easy. I'll give you a hint. $1.9 billion. Now you know what I'm talking about, the lottery. The lottery. And now, now let's be honest. I guarantee all of y'all in here have had your ideas of what cars you might buy or your house, you know, maybe a vacation or something. If you won that tithing, I ain't, I ain't got no problem putting your name on a church building. I'm just saying. But what you all don't understand is I take it like a level deeper. For me, I, have, I already had an Excel sheet spread, a spreadsheet already made up. It had work orders, purchase numbers. I had like properties lined out that I was ready to buy. Y'all think I'm joking. I'm really not. Obviously, I didn't win. And you can tell this by the fact that you didn't pass my Ferrari when you pulled in today. All right? Yeah. <laughs> It's, and I'll be honest with you, I'm really living in faith on this because I didn't even buy a ticket. So God, if you're going to do the impossible, that's how you do it. <laughs> I think these guys were daydreamers because they were seeing stuff that I don't think they, were, they knew they were ready for. Because here's something about it. So they decide that they're going to go down to the river to build. They find this plot of land. They go, they're going to go down to the river, which is the Jordan River, right? And the Jordan River, to the Jews at this time, represented something. It was death. And I, I love this mindset. This is death. And they're sitting here, literally, this is so practical, and this is why I love it. They literally chose to go down near death because there was an abundance of wood there. If you're going to build, you need, you need wood, there's a ton of wood there. There's also death. How practical and how amazing is that? I, I, there's probably a sermon in that too. But I do wonder how many times our dreams have fallen in that death. I wonder how close we were to following God's call and let the waves just completely just wash it away. How many times we were about to see that breakthrough and gave up and tossed them in the river. They saw something. They were dreaming big and they weren't scared. Point number two is this. When we start to get those impossible dreams, you start really focusing in and God's really speaking to you. And this is my favorite one right here. I wish I could just stay on this one the whole time. Get your hopes up. Come on. Get excited. Get your hopes up. Romans 8 says, For in this hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope, for who hopes for what he sees, but if we hope for what we do not see, we'll wait with patience. Get your hopes up. Oh, I love it. Oh, I love it. Um, we had a speaker a few years ago at camp. I'm going to steal his story because it was, it's such a good story. 
By the way, Youth Camp 2023 is coming up. All students, y'all need to be there. Parents, make sure they're there. Yeah? If you want to provide a scholarship opportunity, see Mel. <laughs> he told this story, and I want to share it with you because it just, I, it so impacted me. I actually have it bookmarked, and I'll go back to this bookmark probably every other month, and I'll watch him preach this because it's so good. But he starts to tell the story of his mom who uh, had decided to run the San Diego Marathon. And he thought she was crazy. Sounds about right. Now, before we get too far into this, I want you all to know I have a very strict running policy. I call it the B&B running policy. Unless there is a bear behind me or a buffet in front of me, I'm not running. Yeah? Do we have, is, is anybody in here an actual, like, long-distance runner done any of this? Good. Good. You can't prove me wrong then. In marathon running, there's, they reference something called the wall. And uh, the wall is this point, and apparently everybody hits it, but it's this point where, uh, yeah, where the runner's glycogen which is their stored energy in their muscles, is completely depleted. It forces the runner to slow down considerably, sometimes even to a walk. So the way I look at this, you hit the wall and you, you're sucking in every ounce of air you can get in your lungs, right? You're heaving. Uh, your legs, they feel like they're tied to cinder blocks, Right? And she's talking all about this. She's telling us all about it and how she trained. And, and apparently, um, apparently, like, professional runners, they'll still hit the wall, but it'll be maybe at, like, mile marker 15, 20, something like that. A lot of amateur, novice-type people, they're going to hit the, the wall much sooner, probably 6, 7, 8, 9, somewhere around there. And so she talks about she gets there. She's been training. She's been training. She gets there. She checks in. She gets her, you know, her, her number plate, 426. She gets all totally ready. Gun fires, and she takes off, right? Mile one, this is great. Mile two, I got this. Mile three, oh, splash of water, yeah. Mile four, I see I'm hitting the wall already. Whew. Mile five, mile six, things start to change. She starts to feel, oh, man, Whew, okay. Yeah, this is a little challenging. She gets to six and a half. All of a sudden, <gasps> looking like Quasimodo over here, like she's just gasping. Six and three quarters now, her legs aren't moving. But she looks up ahead, and she sees a crowd of people kind of just up front. And she's like, okay, I'll make it there, and then I'm probably just going to quit. She gets up there, and as she starts to get closer to them, all of a sudden she hears, 426, pick it up. 426, you ain't done. 426, you didn't come this far to quit. Go. You ain't done. Are you giving up 426? She thought, oh my gosh, they're going to kill me. I got to go. But look, I tell you that, and the inspiration for me comes, you may think that your dreams, what God's called you to, is up against the wall. There might be center blocks hanging off what God's called you to. You might be willing, ready right now to give it up. But the truth is, since it's God's plan, he's got someone right there 
Maybe it's Hope Church. Maybe it's Pastor Mike. Maybe it's me, David, whoever. That's saying, hey, don't give up. It's not your time to quit yet. God has something. Get in his presence. Let's go. Guys, get your hopes up. The third thing is this. This is one of the simplest things to understand. Probably the most difficult to do. This is, this is the worst one for me. Point number three is this. Go and get it. <laughs> this is tough for me because it means getting off my lazy butt. Can I say lazy butt? I'm going to. Get up off your lazy butt and actually doing. That's a tough one for me. I like doing nothing. I'm a research guy. I mentioned this earlier. I told you all about my Black Friday sheets. I told you about my, my, uh, um, yeah, my lottery sheets. Thank you. I'm, I'm really, I'm seriously not joking. I can show you all my vacation sheets where I have bathroom breaks planned to the minute. It's so true. We're taking a cruise next summer. I've already been crew, uh, like collecting all the cruise compasses, the, all the planners. I know everything we're going to do. I've got it all planned out, ready to go, seven months out. I'm a researcher. Crazy. But here's the truth. There's no YouTube video on how to follow God's callings. I'm all for education and seminars, but sometimes I wonder if we're trying too hard to educate when God's just sitting there saying, you know what? I need someone out here feeding people. I need someone out here helping the homeless. I need people out here loving people. We spend so much time trying to be ready, and, and I think it comes to a point where ready doesn't help out. I like to be ready. That's, that's always my thing. I'm always like, let's go, let's go. I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready, let's go. But okay, how about this? All my marrieds in the room, raise your hand if you were ready when you actually got married. Couple of you. My singles look around going, okay, who? I still ain't got it figured out. Okay, let's take it a step further. I mean, because let's be honest, we do premarital counseling, we do, we've got the books, we got the seminars. What about this one? Who was ready for kids? I still don't have a clue, y'all. That's why I'm letting y'all raise mine. I don't know if I'm messing them up or helping them out, and we're going to figure out in a therapy session at some point. But I think it's time that we found some God courage and go and got it. Whatever it is that he's calling you to, go and get it. I think that's why, going back to 2 Kings, I think that's why it was so simple. They literally came to Elisha and said, hey, we're too big for the space. Can we move? And he said, yep. Okay. They didn't wait. They went. And they started building. These guys were connected. They were ready to go. I know it's a, I know we, 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 you may confuse it like they're Bible school. That's what they're supposed to do. Maybe so, but they just went. They didn't, they didn't even worry about death staring them right in the face. Again, this river represents death to them. They didn't even care. And we haven't even gotten to the point about the, the axe. It's actually the whole miracle of this whole story. Uh, here, picking up at verse 5, it says, But as one was felling a log, his axe head fell into the water, and he cried out, Alas, my master, it was borrowed. Then the man of God said, where did it fall? When he showed him the place, he cut off a stick and threw it in and made the iron float. It literally came back up. And he said, take it up. So he reached out his hand and took it. 
So all the texts, as I was reading through this, all the texts kind of explain that the axe head would have been a relatively kind of expensive item at the time. Not like hugely expensive, but what's even more problematic is that it was borrowed. It wasn't, it wasn't his. And what that means is that he would have been indebted to the owner. As a matter of fact, from what I could tell, it, it literally, it's not just indebted like, hey, I owe you a couple bucks. It was almost in the form of slavery. So this miracle is huge because it totally changes this guy's life. I call him Earl. I mean, anybody who's going to drop their axe in the river, Earl sounds like a right name for him, right? It's not in any translation, but that's just, anyhow. But this is where it all changes from, from this engaging aspect to an expectancy. It's kind of that old mindset, the old pinky in the brain, we're going to take over the world tonight. And it changes to now about this faith and believing. God, I'm in so deep, only you can save this. Only you can make this work. You know, we often talk about a big God. But if we're going to go and get it, we better believe in that big God that we talk about. We better believe that he's as great as we often say he is. We better hope that our T's and P's, thoughts and prayers, are hashtag blessed for real. Because if not, and we're going to step out, we're doing it on our own. And that goes back to the beginning. If it's so big that we can do it, probably not big enough. I love the fact that we often... Like old Earl, we're looking down into the river going, look what I lost. We see the marriage that we messed up. We see the problem with the kids, the job I messed up and lost. We see all the problems and God's sitting there saying, hey, I got a plan. My perspective's different. Because I'm seeing the axe head come back up the water. I'm seeing your dreams being made whole and new. I'm seeing families changed. I'm seeing hearts fixed. God's perspective is different. He's looking at our dreams being reborn. And in the end, here's the best part. With that perspective, he gets all the glory. It's all about him. His plan prevails. He's the champion. I hope y'all are getting it because, gosh, it's, it's like I said, it's the easy. It's the easy part. If we're going to go and get it, we have to engage and expect. David, if you want to come on up. I want to wrap up with this. I shared earlier about the poster. Binkat, would you mind putting that back up again? That kid looks like he's up to no good, doesn't it? Genuinely. He's got evil eyes. <laughs> May have been me for all I know. Um, maybe you're sitting here today and you're saying, hey, look. It's all great but I'm not like you. I didn't go to youth camp and get called into youth ministry. That's great. Can I tell y'all something? Hope Street Food Pantry didn't start 15, 25 years ago. It started five years ago. You say, well, I'm, I'm not a melody. I'm not as pretty or as smart or as talented as her. That's great. God doesn't need another melody. <laughs> See, that's the setup. I got to say the nice thing. So, no. God doesn't need another Hope Street food pantry. 
He needs the calling that he's put in your heart for the people that he's put in your heart. He needs you to step in to what it is that you're supposed to be doing. He made you special for your storm. And I think that's a real key word, storm, because it's not easy. It's challenging. It's difficult. But think about it. When you get on the other side and that rainbow is shining and God has done a new work through you, man, how amazing is it? That's why he needs you. Y'all, I hope stupid Justin hasn't gotten the way. <laughs> That's just truth. I am goofy and stupid and funny sometimes. And I hope that hasn't taken away from the fact that, I'll well, just be blunt. God's got something so special, so precious, that only you can bring to your community to your grouping, to your people. Go get them. They're waiting on you. You're special. You are something important. God, don't make no junk. You are not junk. My challenge to you guys today is this. Dig deep for a moment. Find that time that God was speaking to you. And maybe he pointed out to you, hey, there's a people group I need you to reach. There's that person that you work with. This, guys, this, this part's easy. I think, I think Pastor Mike said this. Say it up in front of you guys. This is easy. This is the hometown. This is the home team. Y'all are going to laugh and cheer and yay, Justin did great, whatever. But what about when you go to work tomorrow and God's saying, that's the person I want you to talk to. Maybe it is that business idea that God wants to revolutionize through you. What is it that God has put in your heart that he's saying, I want you for this? Guys, dream big. Dream so big. then we can be right there with you to cheer you on the whole way get your hopes up ain't nobody gonna come to me and say hey I got this great idea that I'm not gonna be like let's go and I can tell you all this we have a pastor over here who will let you do whatever it is that you want to do as long as you're going after God I've seen it time and time and time again So I want to pray for you guys. David's going to lead us into a song. And I just want to encourage you. I want to challenge you. God, give me a call. Show me what it is. Show me where you want me to reach. I'll go. I'll go do whatever you want. I want to be open for what you have for me.